Praise God. All righty. If you have your Bibles with you this morning or whatever device you're choosing to use to read Scripture, I want to encourage you to follow along. If you have none of those, I think the verses will be up on the screen behind me as I'm ministering. Today I'm going to share with you from the Word of God, primarily from Galatians chapter 5, in the, area, the section that Paul wrote uh, addressing what we know as the fruit of the Spirit. And the focus today is Christ-likeness. Everyone say Christ-likeness. So the idea, you know, it's, a, it's my opinion that the singular objective of our faith is Christ-likeness. We are to continue to grow and to become more and more like Christ. We're to be imitators of God and to walk in love as Christ walked in love. So that the example is before us throughout the scriptures and, and through the life of Christ. And so our objective, singular objective, is Christ-likeness. When Paul wrote to the church of Galatia, he didn't write to, sometimes people have the idea that Paul's writing these letters to very spiritually mature individuals. And we think the goal is to become just like them. But Paul, if you, if you read the letters with ob- objectivity, you'll read the letters, and Paul's writing to these born-again, spirit-filled Christians, telling them, stop lying, stop cheating, knock off the sexual immorality, don't be lazy and not work, be productive, be a cheerful giver. He's instructing the first-century church, and say the first-century church, on how to become more like Christ. But yet many books that we read tell us, well, we need to become like the first century church. Well, the first century church was supposed to become like Christ. We are supposed to become like Christ, not like the first century church. Christ was Christ of the first century church, but the goal was in the writings, the, the, the epistles, the letters to the churches were for those individuals that were born again, received the fullness of the Holy Spirit to get their act together. So I don't want to become like someone that needs to get their act together. I want to become like someone that has his act together. Amen? I want to become Christ-like, not Galatia-like or Corinth-like or Ephesus-like. Are you with me? So it's Christ-likeness, Christ-likeness. When Paul wrote to the church in Galatia in particular, they were embroiled in conflict. That sound familiar? Say, what kind of conflict? Well, there was social conflict. There was theological conflict, arguments whether it's the law or grace, social conflicts. Is it for Jews or Gentiles? Is it for one or the other? Is it for all? Is there a difference or are we all the same in Christ? All types of uh, conflict going on. And Paul's purpose of writing to the church of Galatia as well as the other letters that he wrote, his solution to the conflict was to challenge them to live by the Spirit's power and to experience transformation. So we all want to continue to experience transformation. Now, before we get into that, uh, in, into, uh, in Galatians, I want to share two verses with you. One's found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and the other one's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So let's look at those two verses together. In, first Corin- excuse me, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transform. So it's a transformation to be taking place. And it implies here in Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed. That it implies it's something that we are to be doing. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. 
And then in uh, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, it says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. So Romans says, be transformed. Here it says, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the same Spirit of the Lord. So the good news here is transformation is to be taking place. The promise here at Grace Church is as lives transform. We are believing that the word of God never returns void, but it always accomplishes that whereunto he sends it. And the result is life transformation. We're becoming more Christ-like. We should be able to take a look at our lives, not for the sake of, uh, and take some, uh, some introspection time, not for the sake of finding fault or guilt or condemnation, but we should be able to look into the mirror of God's word, look into our lives and say, yes, my life is being transformed. I'm more Christ-like today than I was yesterday. I'm growing in love. I'm growing in the faith. I'm growing in kindness. I'm growing in generosity. Christ-likeness is taking place in my life. So here in, in Romans and in, in 2 Corinthians 13, it, it's not a conflict. What's taking place here is both words, both the verbs transform and transformation in both these scriptures, it's in the present tense indicating that this transformation action is to be a continuous action. You don't take the course, you, know, you don't take a study course on the book of Galatians and then you, you, you get your star or you get your sticker or your ribbon because I, you completed the, the, a, a coursework on the book of Galatians. You know, five years ago I went through that book and I got it. Well, you got it to a certain degree, but there's more. Amen. Amen. The word of God is just a continual transformation taking place. And so we are to be uh, open and receptive to a continuous action of transformation taking place in our hearts, our minds continually being renewed. And that is not anything in and of the flesh, but we must continue to pursue the word of God and continue to uh, be open and receptive to the truth of God's word and never ever adopt the attitude that oh, I have arrived, I now understand it. One more scripture before I get to Galatians. It's a short little parable. It's only four verses. It's found in Luke chapter 13. It's the parable of the barren fig tree. And, it, uh, you know, sometimes when we have a real short parable like that, the mind, the mind wants to think, well, that's not very important because that's just a couple verses in there. You know, it's a, it's a page filler. But it's not. It has some really uh, lessons in there for us to apply to our lives. And I think it's very applicable to this topic we're going to be talking about today uh, from Galatians but in this particular parable, in verse 6, it says, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. You know, the whole purpose of planting a fig tree is to produce fruit. Figs, right? So the whole purpose of planting it is to produce fruit, to produce figs. But he found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look. For three years, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. You can, you can hear the, the frustration. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? <laughs> That's pretty much a picture how we are with ourselves and especially with other people. Look, you've been claiming to be a Christian for three years. I've been coming looking for fruit in your life and I still haven't found any. I've been pastoring this church for 36 years and I'm still looking for fruit. Cut it down. <laughs> 
Now, it's not the case here, but the, the, the reality is, is the owner of this vineyard planted the tree with a very distinct outcome in mind that he was expecting fruit of the tree. He was expecting a particular tree, figs from it. So he said, cut it down. But the good news is, is that uh, in, in verse 7, he said to the keeper, look for three years. He said, you know, cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But the keeper said in verse 8, he answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this year also. Everyone say, let me alone. <laughs> All right. And let others alone. Say, let others alone. Another, what we're saying is we're going to be patient with one another. So he said, let it alone this year also until I dig around it. I dig around it. It's a picture of hard ground around the tree. When soil is not attended to, when it's not cultivated, when it's not irrigated, it's not properly taken care of, and there's a lack of moisture, a lack of rain, it will become so crusted and so hard that even when moisture, when rain does come, or you do put fertilizer around it, then rain comes, it'll just wash away. It just washes away. It can't even penetrate. It becomes so hard. So the ground, the type of the heart, sound like the parable of the sower, it's a type of the heart. It was so hard, he had to dig around it and to fertilize it, to feed it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not after that, you can cut it down. The idea here is the keeper saying, be patient. We can produce some fruit here if we will break the hardness of heart, if we will break it open and we will supply it with the proper nutrients with the love of God, the spirit of God, faith in God's word. Just give it everything that it needs. It will, it, you know, he was very, I think he was very confident there that it will produce fruit. So let's, uh, let's continue to focus on the idea of uh, my life is to continually be on the, in the process of transformation, that I have room to grow. There's many different areas to grow in. I have not arrived and that I'm always open and receptive to it. And any hardness of heart that has developed over the years of living, over the years of, of anything that may have brought uh, disappointment, anything that causes our hearts to be hardened, we, we want to be very sensitive to that and recognize that we need to allow the love of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, the keeper, the innkeeper, the Holy Spirit, allow him to break it up. So I'm believing God today that the Holy Spirit in you and with you and with us today, corporately as well as individually, is going to be uh, uh, doing a work in your heart. It's going to be uh, breaking up the, the hardness, the hard ground, and that the, the, the fertilizer of God's word is going to penetrate into your heart and you're going to experience transformation. You are being transformed just by the very nature, by the very fact that you're here, you're sitting under the anointed, you're participating in, in, in corporate worship service, bringing in the presence of God. That, that in itself is, is an awesome tool for breaking up hardness of heart. Just open ourselves up to become receptive to the truth of God's word. So allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. Allow him to speak to you and allow him to do the work that he wants to do. So back to Galatians chapter 5. And Paul's writing here to a church that, that uh, needs to experience more transformation. Yes, they, they've received Christ. Yes, they've received the Spirit. Yes, they are embroiled in conflict. 
You know, today people think, oh, there's so much conflict in our culture, there's so much conflict in our family, there's so much conflict in our government, there's so much conflict in our churches, there's conflict, conflict, conflict. What is this world coming to? Is it ever going to change? The world always has had conflict and it always will have conflict and as long as we're living in this world, we have to, we have to be equipped with the wisdom of God's word on how to deal with conflict. We are the solution. We are not part of the problem. Amen? So don't have this, don't have this false imagination thinking that if I just continue to, to, to do thus and so, if I just continue to do this or that, that uh, this world's gonna be a perfect place to live. That's not a biblical worldview. This world's not gonna be a perfect place to live but you have the perfect one living inside of you to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. Amen? You have the wisdom within you, and that's the transformation power that we're looking for to take place. So in Galatians 5, verse, let's begin reading at verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Remember, born-again, spirit-filled believers. Then he says, now, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are, then he lists them here, and he has some, you can categorize them if you want. Uh, Verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, there is hope. Thank God for hope. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it's manifested, I'm paraphrasing this now, but the fruit that's been deposited into your heart, Romans chapter five and verse five tells us that the love of God has been deposited into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Then this, and, and here he's referring to it as the fruit of the Spirit being love, and it's manifested as joy, manifested as peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not become conceited provoking one another envying one another so we are not to be involved in provoking one another or envying one another except for we are supposed to provoke one another onto good works so there's a, there's a positive way to provoke people, but this is ne- obviously talking about in, in, in the negative sense. So the works of the flesh, they're listed there. They're not beautiful. They're not to be a part of the, of, of the Christian culture, but Paul's addressing it. These should not even be among us. They're uh, works of the flesh. And so let's clean ourselves up. Let, let's allow the transformation work of the Holy Spirit taking, uh, doing its work in us, and it'll result in not n- no longer being involved in the works of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit, love manifested as joy, peace, and so forth, being manifested in our lives today. So one of the definitions I, hear, uh, I, I had uh, written down here concerning 
Uh, the, the term works of the flesh is that it's the total person living outside of God's will and apart from God's guiding influence through the Holy Spirit. Amen. The total person living outside of God's will and apart from God's guiding influence through the Holy Spirit. So you don't want to be involved in that camp. You want to allow the work of you want to allow the word of God to penetrate your heart Hardness of heart allowed to be broken up and to be fed, to be fertilized with, with the love of God. And you begin to manifest fruit, which the keeper of the vineyard was looking for. He was looking for that fruit, identified it as, a, as joy, as peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And you, you, you know the drill. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, and it's manifested. And it's to be manifested in our lives. Again, remind you that the sing your singular objective of your faith is Christ-likeness. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is your role model. You are looking to Jesus Christ as your example. We are to be imitators of him. Ephesians chapter five tells us that. I think it's verse one and two. Be followers of God and, and be imitators of God and to walk in love even as Christ walked in love. So fostering or developing a heart of love and, and beginning to manifest the fruit of the Spirit is, is uh, not so much a matter of doing something. I personally, my temperament, my personality, when something, when I recognize that something's not correct, I, I, I immediately, I wanna do something. Don't tell me about something that's not right without giving me steps one, two, and three to, to correct it. I wanna do something. It's, it's human nature, want to do something. Well, I, I can do something so I can be happy. I can do something to be more gentle. I can do something. Well, it will manifest in, 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 in an action, but the, it begins by receiving something, opening up my heart, the hardness of ground and receiving the love of God, receiving the wisdom of God, receiving the Holy Spirit of God into my life and everything he wants to download into me and allow that transformation to take place so that love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, brotherly kindness, all the other fruit are manifested. It's a, it's a natural outcome. A fruit tree that's well-nourished and in its proper environment will not strain to produce figs. An apple tree will not strain to produce apples. A peach tree will not strain to produce peaches. It will, it will very naturally do what it was designed to do when it's properly nourished. When we are properly nourished in the faith of God, in his promises, in his word, and our hearts remain open to the leading the promptings, the guiding of the, of the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, and we keep ourselves free of all man-made traditions that would burden us down. There's so many of them, we, we, and we're all guilty of coming up with our own. We take great pride in years ago in many non-denominational churches, such as Grace Church, were, were, were uh, established. Well, we're not Baptists, we're not Presbyterian, we're not Assembly of God, we're not this, we're not that, blessed God. We are free, we are non-denominational. 
And now you look across the landscape of non-denominational churches and non-denominational churches are now almost a non-denomination denomination. Because we, we, have, we have certain expectations and guidelines and it's things that are acceptable and things that are not acceptable and you know, we, we, kinda, we, just, we just morph into it. It's human nature. So we constantly have to be on guard. We have to guide, we have to guard our hearts even as an institution, but also as an individual. We need to continually guide our hearts because you know, we get a revelation, wow, I need, to, I need to open up my heart and allow the Holy Spirit into my heart and allow him to do my work. And we were so excited about it that we built fences around it to protect it. And this is what I need to do to open my heart and allow the Holy Spirit into my heart, to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And this is how I perceive it. And then we make rules and traditions out of that that's the only way the Holy Spirit can do it and this is my denomination bless God and I put my name across the top of the church I put it on the sign out front and this is who we are and this is what we adhere to but it really if you just strip everything away it just comes right down to Christ likeness just be like Christ be like Christ Tried to convince my dad to be Christ-like back during the hippie movement, let my hair grow. Well, if you don't get your hair cut, you're not going to get a car. Well, I'm not, if I don't get a car, I'm going to let my hair grow. Jesus had long hair. Yes, and Jesus walked everywhere. Christ-likeness. Just saying. <laughs> so Christ-likeness can mean many different things to different people, but our, our source is the Word of God, the very life of Christ. And the Apostle Paul received a revelation from Jesus Christ known as the grace of God, also known as the dispensation historical time periods in time over, over God's calendar known as the dispensation of the church age. And it's Paul's teachings, Paul's writings and Paul's teaching to the church when you understand that primarily he's talking from a perspective, he's teaching from a perspective of living life in Christ. It's all through the epistles. It's in Christ. And unless we understand Paul's approach, where, Paul is come, where the apostle Paul is coming from in his teaching as one that has received a revelation that none of the Old Testament prophets, apostles prior to him had it. They desired it. They longed for it. They were looking for it. But Jesus downloaded it to the apostle Paul for this dispensation that you and I live in today. Since the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given into the church. And until Jesus Christ comes back to rapture the church, this is the love of God. This is the in Christ examples that the apostle Paul teaches him that are for us today. So to download the, the letters that Paul wrote to the church is one of the best ways that we can come into that, that into the arena of allowing all these uh, revelations that God has for us and that becoming Christ-like to allow to uh, develop in us that transformation work of the Holy Spirit that I don't get caught up in works. It's even hard to teach it without making steps one, two, three, and four because if it give you four steps to do it, you walk out here with four steps and you're so excited about the four steps of Christ-likeness, you tell someone else about, here's the four steps to Christ-likeness. Well, my denomination teaches that the fourth step is not relevant anymore. 
You know, now, now we're in conflict, so let's just stop all that and let's just remember, okay, let's hear what the Apostle Paul has for us today, what the Lord is speaking to us through the epistles to the church and, and be developing, fostering this heart of love, not a matter of doing something, it's a matter of being where love is. When you read the book of Acts, the apostles were told to, to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Don't go out and try to do this without the, the download of the Holy Spirit in your lives. But wait for the Holy Spirit. Likewise, we are to be where love is. In 1 John 4, 16, it says, by abiding in this love, abiding in this love, so we want to continue to abide in. Abiding means to take up residence and you spend time at your place of residence. So we are going to abide in the love of God and God's love is perfected within us by this abiding. So continue in it, continue to believe God for it and allow the transformation work of the Holy Spirit to take place within you. I believe that by abiding and living in the Spirit's power, it will, it will begin to prompt Internally, it will begin to prompt new patterns of loving behavior in you. It may even surprise yourself. Wow, I've responded quite nicely. <laughs> I remember a few days ago, I would have like, you know, been honking my horn and talking to that person, but even though they can't hear you. So, but anyway, you're going to find new patterns of loving behavior. And when you develop, when you notice these uh, transformation of new patterns of, of uh, loving behavior, it, it will begin to... Uh, it will prompt a positive reaction in other people's lives because you are responding in the love of God. You're responding with loving behavior. And so it's important that you just this transformation, that just, you continue to see it take place. And when you are uh, prompted by positive, loving behaviors that, that produce a positive reaction in other people, you'll begin to recognize that relational needs are being met through appropriate care for one another, through appropriate uh, uh, appreciation and encouragement communicated to other people. And as a result of that, a fulfilled Need People's needs are met as they are appropriately cared for. And when people's needs are met and your needs are met, it provokes healthy thinking in your life. It, provo it, it provokes healthy esteem. It's a transformation process that's taking place. And when you, when you feel good about yourself, when you really recognize that, yes, I am loved, and yes, I am a loving person, yes, the fruit of the Spirit is working, the transformation power is taking place in my heart, and you be, now you begin to have healthy thoughts, you begin thinking correctly about yourself. You begin thinking according to the word of God that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is no guilt or condemnation in me. I, I, I am loved of my Father and I am able to, to love others appropriately and, and, and to love as God loved. And so you have these healthy thoughts and these healthy thoughts, you, know, they, they, you, you begin to feel much better about yourself. You begin to live with healthy emotions free of uh, guilt, free of depression, and just free of beating yourself up because now you're, this transforming power of the Holy Spirit is taking place in you. Believing your love, believing that you are significant, you begin to feel loved and grateful for what was expressed to you. Now you can express that to other people. 
God's downloading it to you. You're believing it. You're thinking it. When you're thinking it and you're believing it, then you begin to communicate it. You begin to act it out. Download it to you. You're receiving it. Now you're, you're extending it to other people. It's a beautiful process of fruit being produced as a, as a result of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit bringing us into Christ-likeness. Healthy thoughts, healthy minds, healthy emotions prompt very productive behavior, the fruit of the Spirit. And healthy, productive behaviors are manifested as fruit, joy, peace, kindness. It manifests itself as equitable uh, treatment of other people. It manifests itself as functional relationships, functional families, appreciation for one another, preference for one another. You are absolutely free from the works of the flesh. You are free to be led by the Spirit of God. You're no longer under the flesh. You find yourself no longer being embroiled in conflict between you and God, between you and your spouse, between you and your children, between you and your family, between you and your church between you and your Democrat friends, between you and your Republican friends, between you and your independent voters. You're no longer embroiled in conflict because you know what? The love of God wins the day. Amen. Amen. It wins the day. Allow love to rule and to reign. You're transformed. You're not, you're not being drawn down into, into arguments and conflicts, no longer embroiled in conflict, but you are above it all because you're walking as Christ walked, and Christ never allowed himself to get drawn into conflict. He was challenged many times. He had many questions brought to him that would have, that, you know, to set him up to choose one over the other, but he always walked in wisdom, and he always confounded the people, so... You can walk in wisdom and confound people with the wisdom of God in Jesus' name because you are transformed into Christ-likeness. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the spirit of love, the very foundation of everything that we are, everything that we are aspiring to become. And we thank you, Lord God, that that aspiration is a supernatural work, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit taking place within us. I thank you for having broken up the hardness of heart around, uh, hardness of ground around our hearts and, and, and allow the uh, healthy nutrients of the fruit of the Spirit just to continue to minister to our lives. And as a result, we are being transformed more and more into your likeness. In Jesus' name, all the people said, amen. amen. Praise God. Well, we love you. You continue to love each other. Continue to love your church. Amen. Continue to pray for one another. Pray for those in positions of authority over us. And let's just continue to believe that we can let our light shine, that we can be the salt and the light of the earth. Praise God. Next Sunday morning, my new co-leader, Rodney, is going to be ministering the Word of God. So I encourage you to come on out Sunday morning and, and enjoy some time of worship with us. And just a good time of the Word of God. And tomorrow night, the women's Bible study starts tomorrow night. Is that right, Karen? And those of you that are signed up for it, you're going to meet in here for the first session tomorrow night to watch the video. So right in here tomorrow night for the ladies' Bible study. So, and next Sunday morning, the children will be over. You're going to register your children at the gym. Rob and Donna, would you stand up real quick again so everyone knows who you are? They're going to be doing children's ministry over in the gymnasium. And if you say, I love children, I would love to minister and help with children, you see Rob and Donna, they would love to put you to work. Praise God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You say, I never, ever thought I'd be in children's. Well, guess what? You've just been transformed. You love children. Amen. I can see it in you. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the day.